1: And this is Leah, co-founder of Bakesmart. Our canna are the first edible safety designs for cannabis-infused foods. Anyone from your child to your grandmother will understand when a food is medicated, as long as it's marked with our edible green crosses.
0: Hey, Leah, how are you doing
1: today? Hey, Diana, I'm doing good. I feel good today. Do you? Uh, love You know, at this moment I'm gonna say yes <laughs> <laughs> I love that I love that that's what 2019 is all about remember positivity right positivity. I'm trying to stay positive
0: <laughs> so yes I feel good <sighs> um, and speaking of feeling good we're gonna start off with our favorite discoveries um, as per you oh, I like that <laughs> yeah and my favorite one is by a past guest of ours, um, Mel Meow from Meowkami. She makes I love that name. I know. So it's cute. like it's the best. It's two of my favorite things, which are cats and wellness products combined. <laughs> Can it get any that? I don't think so. Honestly. Right. Um, anyway, her product, um, the Vijay spray product is called it's called the Vijay spray or it's called VJ Spray. Um, and it's wow yeah that's a name it's a name and tell me more about this well if you've listened to the past get um episodes you know that i have a baby so i gave birth within the last year and um to a know. darling
1: baby. Let me just interject to like the <laughs> cutest little boy. I seriously can win awards. So adorable. I know. You could really could. And I'm he not really even saying that cute. because it's my child. I don't but, even right. like kids but, that I, much. I, I that don't kid either. is freaking cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, well he's yours though, but yeah. he's not mine. And I'm telling you right now, that kid is gosh darn cute. Yeah. So anyway. People should stalk you on <laughs> Facebook because all right, anyway. Going alright. All
0: right anyway so the spray is amazing for um because like you know one thing they don't talk about that much is the the spray that you go home with from the hospital right there's a spray a I, very I, well I, needed yeah. spray you know it's <laughs> right it's like a, you gotta numb that yeah and so this this spray though it's multifunctional the vajay spray is for something that could in my opinion it could replace the hospital spray. And it can also help with like period pains and it can help as a apparently it works as like a a lube. Um, It can help you um, with different kinds of situations. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) Anyway, you can check it out more um, at meowchemy.com. That's M-E-O-W-C-H-E-M-Y.com.
1: So let me just ask you something because I was giving some kind of, vagin Vag- I can't even say the word. I don't even like the word vaginal cream mm-hmm. at the MJ biz conference. Mm-hmm. And it was like really sticky and just like, uh I just like, Ooh, I don't want this on my Lala. Like mm-hmm. what's the texture <laughs> like on your Lala,
0: <laughs> That's my so my lala. anyway. Um, <laughs> It's a spray, so it's just – it's like there's no thickness to it or anything. It's very easily administered, um, and you can put it on your finger and then use it that way or, uh, I don't know, just spray
1: <laughs> the general so area. So it's like, it's like silky. <laughs> okay. Well, I just – I was really shocked because I thought anything you're going to put on your Lala should be like kind of like have some kind of lubrication, right? Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like,
0: ah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty no. amazing. It works – different ways that's all i can say about it to be honest because well i'm gonna have to get that you absolutely have to get it it's amazing it's um it works for a variety of situations and if you look at her instagram you'll see people raving about it i mean saying it's a life-changing product so um, oh my god really yeah it can help with like itching and um, some other and types of pain that come with like i have endometriosis so this helps me post baby pre-baby all of it you know i um i used it a little bit before i gave birth and uh, i'm not sure if that helped but it probably did <laughs> um we're gonna say it did i think so i mean my doc my midwife was impressed with my pushing skills so that's all i took away from it I didn't oh, really focus on wow much else you know <laughs>
1: Anyway, we're getting wildly off topic. So what's your,
0: what's your favorite discovery? So it's a great product. Yeah.
1: Yes. Okay. Well, mine is infinitely more boring than
2: yours. Mine is
1: actually probably like the whole other spectrum of what you were just talking about. I'm going to talk about insurance. But that's us in a nutshell, right? I mean, sometimes. (laughs) Right. I know. (laughs) You're the fun one and I'm the, hey, don't run with scissors. You're going to poke yourself in the eye. And I'm like, run with those scissors. (laughs) (laughs) Be creative. Yeah, That's exactly right. right. That is us. So Yes. I'm going to talk to everybody about how important insurance is. And for me personally, I have a, a company that doesn't even touch the um, touch THC. But surprisingly, I found out that even though I'm ancillary and I don't touch THC, I collect THC money and my customers are THC um, companies. So I have to have more insurance and my coverages are a little bit different and it's actually more expensive for me. I was talking to Stephanie Bizzuto; She's the co-founder of, um, and president of marketing of cannabis connect insurance company mm-hmm. and our insurance services, sorry, cannabis connect insurance services. And, um, she is wonderful. Oh my gosh. She knows her insurance. She's been doing it for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, She just had, was a wealth of information for me. So we have signed up with her to get our coverage, but it's not necessarily that you have to go with um, Stephanie. Although- working with her, I found her to be so helpful and she really wants to get you the best price, the best deal and the best coverage mm-hmm. for your company. And she was really great about talking me out of, you know, I thought, oh, I need this coverage and this coverage. And she talked me down from some things that I thought I was going to have to spend money on and really helped me refine my coverage to something that was affordable for me and that's something that actually, you know, also gave my company good coverage. That's a really good sign. Sorry, I didn't mean to
0: cut you off, but that's a really
1: good sign of a
0: insurance company uh, good insurance agent because I used to work in real estate and mortgages so I dealt with a lot of insurance people and on a daily basis and I had you know even myself I was paying for you know flood when I was nowhere near a flood zone and um like you right. know, hurricane when I was in, it it's just like I was paying for ridiculous additions and and I finally found someone that was like whoa <laughs> and I knew better myself too well, but no, I just he- I
1: went with somebody I liked instead of but it- but you trust mm-hmm. you trust what's being told to you and i think that that's why i really love stephanie so much is because i felt like, you know, when she's telling me, well, you don't really need that. And, and actually you can get away with this. And this would give you plenty of coverage for where you are at this point, you know, because she's really looking at my business and where I am financially and how much income we're bringing in and how much product we're putting out and then really tailoring something that fits me. And that I thought was really important. And I just, I really came away so impressed with her and what she was offering. So definitely my favorite product, because I like to, you know, obviously we like to refer people to products that we've used and using this, I was just so blown away at how, um, how much she saved Mm me, one, but two, how informed she was and how the marijuana industry is very different than just like if you were going to get insurance for a regular bakery or a regular, you know, real estate agency, you there's other things you have to factor in. And she's really well versed in that. So you can check out Stephanie's company, Cannabis Connect Insurance at CannabisConnectInsurance.com. And that's C-A-N-N-A-B-I-N. S C O N N E C T I N S U R a-N-C-E dot com. Um, Stephanie Bizzuto, and her last name is spelled B-O-Z-Z-U-T-O, is the founder, and that is who I would recommend you reach out to, and then she can kind of go from there. But it's just something that we all have to have. It's that one of those, you know, necessary mm-hmm. evils, but it's something I highly recommend because as we go into legalization, you are going to start seeing more and more lawsuits. And I know that Medmin right now um, is dealing with a huge lawsuit from overtime. Um, he was They were sued by a bunch of employees. Employees, a class action suit and that is something you never want to have to go through so it's always good to have um a great insurance company that's going to help guide you through some of these processes mm-hmm. regarding coverage
0: absolutely
1: that's a really important thing i know it's boring <laughs> but hey it's, not it's a, necessary I, think it's very I know diana went to sleep she's no, like well not at, well, at all oh actually I, to, I find that really interesting
0: i think that it's cool when somebody can take something that's been around forever and you know people don't know a lot about and they can make it like a niche industry you know kind
1: of no industry specific and that's something that we've talked about many times on this show is like you might be doing something completely mainstream but you can definitely do what stephanie did and mm-hmm. become an expert in the marijuana insurance industry or Absolutely. whatever it is yeah that's nice. So. i say do it um i just wanted to add really quickly
0: that uh On Meowcomy's website now, she has the Vijay Spray under, um, it looks like she groups a few products together. And so it's under feminine care products. And she has, she also has a nipple whip on here too, which I'm sure is really great for nursing mothers or breast. Oh my God. That is like
1: so key. Now I didn't breastfeed because my breasts are too, I don't know. I just didn't want to ruin my breasts, but many (laughs) of my friends did. And that was one problem they had was the cracked nipples. And that just sounded so horrifically painful to me. Mm Mm-hmm like yeah. oh so that's wonderful she has a product for that and i'm sure it's really good yeah, yeah check her out check out all yeah. of her products she has yeah. amazing stuff um
0: so we're going to talk about a very big bone of contention in this industry this is one of the things that we all fight i think is one of the biggest things that we all fight against the most um and that's combating misinformation um you know it's in any emerging industry we want to promote Legitimacy, uh, but especially with cannabis, I think, and so um, it it becomes difficult when you have items in the news, and I don't want to even call it. <laughs> it's an op-ed. Let's put that out there first. But um, there has been a recent uproar, um, and probably by the time this comes out, it's not going to be recent. But uh, I'm sure there'll be something similar <laughs> out right when this is out that's you know going to cause even more anger but anyway the new york times which just should, just just should stop trying to cover cannabis altogether by the way i'm just going to put that out there um mm-hmm. <laughs> because they just keep getting themselves into hot water like with this piece they put a an op-ed um this guy i'm not going to really give him any glory and and say who his name or title of it but basically in this article uh, in this op-ed he um tries to say that cannabis leads to addiction and his research if you want to call it that is wildly off base it's not connected he's just basically taking you know apples and oranges and trying to form this opinion um and saying that we're we're all trying to hide the fact that or gloss over the fact that um Cannabis can lead to addiction uh, to heroin and opioids. And um, there's a lot wrong with it, basically. And from what I've been hearing, people have been receiving this in their email as like a, as proponents, people that are against cannabis and CBD are saying, you know, look at this. This is saying this, you know. And so this is just a, another one in the arsenal of bad pieces that we have to fight against and bad media in general
2: right
1: um and thankfully thankfully there are publications coming out like the new yorker and the new york magazine which are all pretty reputable and they're and they're saying hey look this is fear-mongering because Mm -hmm. nobody wants to hear this the guy the guy yeah i mean he i guess he wrote novels you know i feel like he's just trying to write something that is going to get him um published because he's appealing to the people that don't want legalization right and, and he's trying to put fear into them. And that's why we, we really need to, um, especially people like you, content writers, um, bloggers, need to be out there and talking about all the benefits and just really having louder voices than him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we need people doing op-eds for The New Yorker, The New York Times, um, Huffington Post that talk about the benefits and have, you know, it's hard because there's no studies, right? I mean, we don't really have studies behind us and well, the studies that they – even talk about aren't really valid well, studies.
0: Well, we're gonna talk about some ways that you can fight some of this stuff. And one of those ways, I'm just gonna go out of order here. Um you, there is research that you can use and, and one of the ways to combat the biggest way, in my opinion, is to use your own verified and peer reviewed sources to back things up. And those sources may not say exactly what you want them to say, but that's the whole point because then you're, you're learning, you're getting the whole truth, you know? Um, Like if you go on PubMed, um, that's where you can find any clinical trial or um, survey or, you know, research study, any kind of citation that needs to, that you need to have for um, an article or a project you might be doing, or just your own general knowledge. You can look up clinical trials and not all of them are peer reviewed and some of them are just a handful of people or what, whatever it is. And you can look for your own on your own time and on your own benefit for your own benefit and see, you know, what's actually out there, what, what are what's being done and decide for yourself. You know, um, you can go to websites like followthemoney.org. dot org which show which donation yeah that's a great yeah and i know there's other ones that are similar but that's the one i use and you can see who's paying for these um,
1: surveys because they're paying for
2: their
0: absolutely when you go on pubmed um which i'm gonna quickly give the um the link to the it's ncbi.nlm.nih.gov really if you just look up the nih you'll go to the pubmed yeah it'll go to the library of medicine and um from the National Institutes of Health. So, but even these, though, you have to think about um, because doctors are not required to so, to report when they have a negative outcome in a clinical trial.
1: So,
2: no, take not. that with a
0: grain
1: of salt. You know, um, they
0: might and also, not be
1: you know. Everything. I mean, not to go off on a tangent about studies, but I did an NIH study mm-hmm. and um, the NIH has certain rules. Right. And if you don't follow their rules, then your study isn't valid. So my study was about how meditation helps not only humans, but animals, like, Mm -hmm. you know, sitting in that meditative space. And the reason they called our study invalid was because we were not inflicting pain on the animals, even though these were shelter animals Mm -hmm. who were obviously stressed because of the nature of their environment. um, The NIH said that we needed to be inducing stress, more stress on them. So, you know, when you have things like that, you're not going to get great study. Right. You're not getting, you're not getting the full picture. Exactly. That's And so, and so it's, it's, I take that and I look at anecdotal
0: evidence too, you know, I look at what personal essays are out there. I look at, um, you know, on, you know, there's so many different websites out there. Um, and we've talked about them all ad nauseum, you know, at least our favorites. So there's no point in really going down that road, but there's no lack of information. Basically do your own research. No, that's like. You know, we can't stop saying that because it's so important. Um, But do you want to say the next or one or the other?
1: No, you you can keep going. Okay. I'm going to
0: let you just talk. And so another way to combat this is to keep creating content. And if you're not a content creator, promote content that you enjoy, that you know that speaks to the truth, to your truth, to facts that you know are real, (laughs) especially today in this this environment we're in. It's like, is anything real? Uh,
1: uh. (laughs) It's hard to know. I mean, seriously, it's hard to know. It's because, because on the, on the flip side of that, to play devil's advocate, uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the advocates for marijuana—they skew some of the information sure. too for themselves. I mean, it's something natural that we all do, yeah. right? If you're if you're a proponent for something, you're going to like kind of hide what's negative and and really promote what's positive. Um, but I think that finding what resonates with you, mm-hmm. like if it's something that you actually have experience, you then like. Put it back out there. So if you write an article that I have, that I really like, then of course I'm going to put it on social media. I'm going to promote it. Maybe I put it on my um, website as a resource, or I do a blog and you know reference it. Um, there's so many ways that we can get the positive information out there, mm-hmm. and it really you don't have to be a writer to do that. You can just right. be doing it through social media. Yeah, just. You know, promote what's out there that you believe to be true that resonates with you. Keep a list and get behind your it. favorite
0: articles. That's what I try to do. Um, when people say, "Oh, let me like," because people ask me about CBD all the time, and I cannot talk. I cannot oh, God, stop yeah. talking about it. I, I, I know I annoy people. Right. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm sure we annoy people on this podcast because yeah. we're always
0: like CBD, CBD, CBD is yay, love it.
1: But um, <laughs> so I try to
0: keep like a list of articles. You know, not my own. <laughs> I, I do have. I do write my own, but I don't, I try to promote others, you know, first and and then, you know, I'll send some of mine or whatever, whatever the, the occasion calls for at the time. But I try to keep right. like a, a running list of like, oh, this is a really good piece for, you know, this reference later on. Um, and then, you know, just go back to it and refer to it and see if that writer's written anything new and and follow that writer you know and and promote that writer on social media do things like that to keep it going um there's a lot of different ways that we can just get the word out there even though it feels like (laughs) we keep getting you know pushed back down (laughs) like we can
1: keep pushing back with the truth you
0: know That's what we can
1: Well, no, and I mean, and you're a journalist, so you know this. um, I always think it's a really great idea, especially like if you're in the business and you have some, you know, testimonials or you have people who have used your product and they've had really positive responses or it's helped with a certain ailment, like, you know, insomnia or something, reaching out to reporters that might be talking maybe, uh, you know, doing the flip side, talking against what this article says or, oh, or right. read another negative article, reach out to them and say, hey, look, this is my personal experience because the more you reach out to these journalists, then, then you become a source for them too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great way to network and to let- Oh, yeah. I mean, journalists only know what they know. I mean, if- I mean, everybody assumes, and I know I wrongly did until you and I connected, that, oh, well, they already know this. No, they don't. They need people to say, hey, would you, have you thought about this? Or what about writing about this? And I have these resources. And I think that the wonderful thing about our cannabis community is we are all so connected. We all love to promote each other. At least that's been my experience. And I know with you too. Um, But something that be that resource, or at least I like, I reach out to uh, journalists and say, Hey, talk to this person, talk to this person, talk to this person. They all have this experience yeah. um, with what you're writing about. And
0: you don't and have here's to another be viewpoint an expert. On that. Like a lot of people I run into are like, Oh, well, I didn't know that I could be considered an expert. Absolutely. If you have chronic pain, right. then you're a chronic pain expert. If you have an autoimmune disease, right. if you are in this industry, you're a cannabis expert. If, but aside from all of that experience even, right but effect. even you know aside experience. from the expert part when I'm writing an article my editors usually want me to have like another person um uh, their experience with whatever the topic is just right. a, um just a I don't want to say a regular person because that sounds like I'm <laughs> I'm trying to you know belittle the the you know people that aren't experts because I don't think I think we're all learning every day and I don't want to go into a circle with spin, well, especially in spin this, out in a circle here. But basically what I'm saying is you all have value, <laughs> especially right. to a journalist. No, it's true. So reach out and say, Hey, you know what? I don't know what you're looking for, but I know some people. I also do X, Y, Z. If I can ever answer any questions and then you never know, it could blossom into a lot of different things. It has for me, luckily. So, um, yeah, check that out. (laughs) Check that out. I mean,
1: I'm not not as good uh, about that, but I know there's a there is a guy here in Oregon and he used to do that all the time. And he became friends with the reporters, the local reporters. And so when people would have, you know, there'd be um, issues coming up about cannabis, Mm -hmm. he would be quoted. Because mm-hmm. he was a really great source. He was in the industry. And he was by no means, he did edibles. He was by no means this amazing expert that had grown up with cannabis his entire life. It wasn't like that. But when you're out there and you're reading what's, what's, you know, you kind of know what's going on and you have your own personal experience with what's going on, reporters like that and they like to have a consistent source. Mm-hmm. And then you can be that source of, saying, hey, you know, um, you know, who else has a lot of experience in this is so and so. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's it's a great way for us to change the dialogue Absolutely. is that we all have to join together. And you may not think you're an expert. You may not think that you have that much experience. But let's be honest, in this industry, you could come in tomorrow and in a month have more experience than most people. Mm-hmm. So just never discount. What you're doing, who you are, um, what you're learning—just um, never discount it. Cannabis, we're all—we all, are like we dog all years. have something to add. I know. That's right. That's what Ashley uh, Picholo said. It's like cannabis years are dog years. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything moves so quickly, and um, and everything changes constantly. And really, I mean, it cracks me up when you these legal states will be like, Oh, this is what we're going to do. And it's like, Oh my gosh, having been through a legal state and I'm only two years in, it's like, Oh, you have no idea what you're in for, mm-hmm. you know? And it's nice to be able to talk to people and say, you know, what's your experience with this? Oh, well this. So I think to change, I'm kind of going off on a it, but bring it back to change the dialogue about these negative reports that come out. We have to be out there with all the positive mm-hmm. things that we can add to this.
0: Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, totally. Don't be afraid to speak up. No, speak up. Keep talking. Keep posting. Annoy the crap out of the people in your lives (laughs) because it will pay off. (laughs) (laughs) It does. It does. And when you care about something, it doesn't really matter if you're annoying people. No.
1: That shouldn't be your concern. It should just be just get that word. Well, I think people... I think people respect that when you're when you're really passionate about something when you really believe in something mm-hmm. people have a tendency to believe you more than if you're like well yeah I heard this yeah I know you know yeah people are like that doesn't you're really
0: you know all about this like yeah yeah <laughs> I know I'm a bit much I am. I this is I, how, am. This is, I, I am. am this is how
1: I am but that's okay cuz cuz we have to be a bit much I mean it, otherwise we all just assume oh everybody knows or oh well why would I know more than you know that person over there well sometimes you do Mm -hmm. so never discount yourself i think that we all it's a i think especially going into 2019 you know find your voice and and be okay with it Mm -hmm. be okay with who you are and what you have to say absolutely that's hard though
0: absolutely just keep pushing keep rocking keep going on just keep swimming
1: keep
3: swimming
0: (laughs) (laughs) um all right well i think that was uh, a good list of takeaways right um about how yeah. to combat this
1: information you know what and i think that always reach out to us um you can always email us at your highness at gmail.com and just let us know what your thoughts are let us know if if like there's more that you want us to expand upon or if maybe we're just talking nonsense yeah. i don't know tell
0: us if we're yeah if we want to hear everything
1: yeah, but but like you know, if you want us to expand on something like a topic like this mm-hmm. or give you more we're ways, we're definitely to, looking um, at ways to do that in this new year. So look forward to that. Yes, that's what 2019 is all mm-hmm. about: new changes, new formats, mm-hmm. and um, new ideas. Yep. So we encourage you to be a part absolutely. of absolutely.
0: All right. So until next time, much love and good vibes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Our first guest is Ayana Lawson. Ayana is the founder and owner of Front Row Travels. Located in Baltimore, Maryland, Front Row Travels specializes in cannabis vacations and tourism. Their mission is to break the stigma surrounding cannabis, particularly within the African-American community, through education and travel. So, Ayana, what inspired the creation of Front Row Travels and what is it?
3: Well, Front World Travels is a travel agency that specializes in cannabis tourism, um, a cultivate trips for cannabis users to friendly locations like Jamaica, Las Vegas, Toronto, Mm -hmm. where they can learn more about, you know, and consume cannabis legally, um, openly and without judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, It came about earlier this year as a way to break the stigma surrounding cannabis, um, especially in a black community. Um my tours and events they kind of take my clients behind the scenes you know to like grow houses, dispensaries, can of farms so that they can <clears throat> excuse me educate themselves and kind of be hands-on with cannabis so it better equips them with having conversations you know about its medicinal value, especially with friends and family that you know may not know about cannabis or has this, Misconception about cannabis. It kind of helps them, you know, sit at the table and have an a- actual open conversation about cannabis, which
0: is so important. I really think I love everything that you have offering on on your website. By the way, so everybody should be checking that out. Thank you. Um, how do you think the travel industry and cannabis
3: intersect? They're both about self care. Like absolutely. I mean, whether you use cannabis medicinally or for recreation, there is you know, documented proof that cannabis helps with things like anxiety, depression, some chronic illnesses. Um, When you add that to travel, which is, you know, basically about stepping away from the daily grind, the monotony, kind of regrouping and recentering yourself, um, you know, the two together is unstoppable. And who doesn't enjoy like a cocktail with a blunt? in yeah. Jamaica <laughs> or anything like that So yeah, sounds <laughs> <Absolutely>. amazing
0: <laughs> I don't know who would enjoy that
3: <laughs> anyway what
0: what is your favorite part of your work would you say
3: well it used to be like traditional travel I'm not gonna lie travel has always been like my mm-hmm. baby but adding cannabis element to it now has taken it to like a whole other level um I love learning while I'm traveling. It's something new. It's not just old museums or I would say, you know, going jet skiing is like, now you have an extra, you know, thing to do while you're on vacation and that's visit can farms or dispensaries or anything like that. And I absolutely love when clients come back and tell me all the things they've, um, you know, learned or surprised Thank that they already knew. I love having them feel empowered because now it, uh, it, you know, they've learned more about cannabis. So then I come back like ready to take on the world and defend anybody, you know, defend their views to anybody who has a problem right. with cannabis. Yeah, that's amazing. So I like, you know, I love right. to see them. Empower. Absolutely.
0: I think that is really the most exciting part of this industry right now. But um, anyway, what inspires the travel packages you offer?
3: Um, and what are some of
0: those, by the way? We should talk about that.
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, location, location, location. Um, I love locations that offer variety as well as have like a cannabis immersive, uh, element to it. Um, like Toronto is booming right now Well, all of Canada really is booming, but Toronto is one of those cities that you want to visit without it, you know, before cannabis even came, became a thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Las Vegas, who doesn't love Vegas? I mean, it's so much to do in Vegas now. You have like the world's biggest dispensary at Planet 13, um, Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Like These these are places that people already love, but now you kind of kick it up a notch when you add cannabis and cannabis education to it. So yeah, my, my packages are kind of like uh, something for everybody.
0: Right. And if you're and I,
3: really not, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh, no, I was just going to say about the New Orleans package. You want to talk about that a little bit? Because I thought that was pretty interesting that.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um sure. Um my New Orleans package will be the weekend of July 4th um in New Orleans for the Essence Festival, which is the largest uh largest festival for African American women in the country. And it's a whole weekend of like celebs and workshops and A-list concerts and all types of fun. And I decided to do it with a twist by adding CBD mini workshops, um, CBD infused items, um, you know, doing tours that kind of bring you um, New Orleans in a different light. Like it's known for partying, it's known for, you know, it's food, but CBD infused food Oh my gosh, it's like a on all the level. So yeah, I'm trying to do something a little different. (laughs) So delicious. Yeah, um, trying to do something
0: different. That's awesome, and I love the social media that you have surrounding it. Um, I think people definitely should check that out. That's an amazing idea. I love the whole concept. It's it's great. I love all the package concepts you have. So I'm just gonna keep going on and on, <laughs> but I love that idea. It's so awesome. Um, so, all right. Do you have any advice for women entrepreneurs in this space?
3: Absolutely. Just two pieces of advice. Um, be patient. Um, this industry is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, every day there is something or somebody that's entering the cannabis scene, that's new and you know, it's hard to kind of filter through to see who's here just for the the short term and who's here for the long term. So I just advise you to be patient, sit back and observe before you kinda like hit your wagon to a product or brand. Um and be fearless. Like there's still a lot of misconceptions and stereotypes about mm-hmm. cannabis and cannabis users. So be willing to kind of you know, not kind of, but be willing to definitely stand firm and undaunted and ready to defend your your pro cannabis views, because there are people that, you know, will have you feel like you're doing something wrong or illegal or whatever, and you just have to be ready. Okay, so do you have anything specific
0: to promote or a call to action?
3: Yeah, um, Aside from cultivating private cannabis packages, I also offer group tours. Um, I have one coming up for Las Vegas in April, the weekend of 420. Um, I'm also doing a local package that's yet to be added to the National 420 Festival in Washington, D.C. Um, I have Jamaica in July. And I'm especially excited about the Essence one that I mentioned er earlier, like it's it's just a way to experience New Orleans on a whole other level. So I'm super excited about that. Um, all the information can be found on my website at frontroadtravels.com. Or you can follow us on IG at Front Road Travels, LLC. And on Facebook, uh, Front Road Travels. <laughs> pretty simple. Yeah.
0: And I love that you have information on your website about passports and um, all a, a lot of information for people that travel or don't travel rather like not just your package details. You have a lot of education, I think available, which uh, is really cool. You have
3: to, because I mean, traveling or booking travel is a daunting task in itself. Of course, there's, you know, websites that kind of let you DIY and, you know, but those are only, they only do what you tell it to do. So you kind of need somebody that's kind of know the lead the lay of the land on certain locations or has these vetted vendors that they like to use. So it's still a lot of questions outside of cannabis that has to do strictly with travel. Like you mentioned, um, you know, department of state, we have state by state marijuana laws on there. We have, um, what to do in case of emergency when traveling abroad. You know, it's just a, a lot of things you have to be pre- be prepared for as a traveler in general. i mm-hmm. like to offer that. On our website,
0: that's awesome. Uh, I really appreciate you taking your time with us today, and definitely would like to have you back on
3: at any time. So, oh no problem, (laughs) thanks, Diana. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you. Our next guest is Jessamine Swerigen. Jessamine is one of the founders of Gaudium Enterprises, an education-based retreat, bed and breakfast, and travel program.
1: So. I'm with Jessamine Swearingen, and I'm really excited because Jessamine has this great new uh, business. It's kind of a retreat business, right, Jessamine?
2: It's, yeah, it's a retreat, and it's it's sort of like an educational collective. Um, I have a retreat. I have a space up in Massachusetts that I'm able to provide. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting off of a sinus infection. Um, But I live in New York City and I provide a lot of educational materials for uh, nurses and yoga practitioners and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So do
1: they have um, cannabis yoga up there in New York?
2: Yeah, they do. Actually, a friend of mine in Brooklyn has uh, a great little thing that she started up. Uh, and they, she's called Highlights Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, it's the East Coast is really different from what's happening on the West Coast. Uh, I'm sure there's like, you know, 50 people in L.A. who are doing this alone, but it's it's still a baby industry out here.
1: It's really interesting, that difference. I think you and I were talking before we started recording about that, the big difference between East Coast and West Coast. And for those of us on the West Coast, I think that there's just an assumption that we're all the same all across the United States, but that's not really true. The consumption is, is different. Like you were saying. consumption
2: is different and you know it's also probably an age thing too i mean i'm in my late 40s so my my uh me growing up with cannabis and how i approached it as being a kid who grew, went to junior high and high school in new york is absolutely different than someone who might be in their 20s or early 30s on the west coast because your approach to prohibition culture is dramatically different your memory of it is dramatically different and um yeah, I could go on and on about that. I'm sure it's a generational and a coastal thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> generational. Don't say that to me. I'm 54, so don't say that. God, I feel so old in this space. <laughs> so well, let's I hear talk- you. I do too, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, it's like, uh- but thank God the younger kids are so welcoming to us. We're so lucky. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the creation of Gaudium Enterprises, your business. What inspired that creation and, and, you know, just expand a little bit more about what it is and how it came about.
2: Okay. Um, I am actually a Colorado native, and uh, I lived there until I was 11. And when I would go back for hiking trips, uh, of course, I would indulge in the recreational cannabis. But I was just constantly blown away that the majority of the customers were people who were older than me and were uh, cannabis tourists. You know, the people going into the dispensaries. And what I started to see was how how they felt really intimidated by a lack of knowledge and how the spaces that were being created for them, at least in Denver and maybe Breckenridge, uh, were were really masculine and um, a little intimidating for some of these older women. And when I I started to ask around and figure out what they wanted, I realized, oh, wow, people want a space where they can learn about cannabis, maybe get reacquainted with it, uh, figure out the most... Healthy ways to use it because a lot of people don't want to smoke anymore. And a lot of people, if they're using it for, say, pain relief, are a lot more interested in, say, edibles and topicals than smoking a very large blunt and, you know, throwing on a hip hop record. So uh, when I started to think about that, I realized, gosh, you know, there could be a really huge opportunity for this. And I started waiting for what state in uh, on the East Coast is going to really pull the trigger. And so, of course, Maine did right after the election, the presidential election. Mm-hmm. But um, even though recreational cannabis is, is legal in states like Maine and Vermont, there are no dispensaries open. Massachusetts has two open, and um, the the town where my retreat where you're able to uh, go is in Williamstown, Massachusetts, and the dispensary is gonna be open there probably within the month.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, so if I'm people really go, so so this retreat center. So that you found in, in Williamsburg. So people just kind of come there and what do they do? Do they spend the night? Do they hang out for day things? I mean, do you have seminars? How, how does that all look? Like if I decided, okay, this sounds kind of cool. It's beautiful. Um, We'll give the, the website at the end. But if you go to your website, the pictures are beautiful. The, the place looks amazing. Tons of trees, grass. I mean, it's so welcoming. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's really pretty. And of course, I uh, those pictures were taken in, in the summer. So now it's <laughs> covered in snow. It is Massachusetts. Um, but it is, it's a friend of mine's bed and breakfast. And um, I'm able to rent the property from him. And what it really is set up as more of an educational retreat. Uh, once I know that someone wants to, say, rent the weekend or a couple days over the week, I, I sort of act like an event planner with them. And I say, well, what are your dietary needs? Uh, what sort of educational system do you want set up? Some people just want to hang out and get fed chili and learn about the, the history of cannabis and go through how to use it and um, how to you know, roll the best joint, as it were. Some people want to learn about vaporizer technologies because they've never seen this before. And they really need to learn more about stuff like that. Uh, I've had some situations where people want to learn about the best ways to cook edibles if they're vegan or diabetic. So we'll basically turn the whole uh, teaching day into that and the best tools. And um, so it really depends on what the, what the person or the group of people want. And I tailor the curriculum to it uh, because I have probably about two or three days worth of teachable material and so it's pretty easy for me to say okay you need a series of cooking classes let's do this or okay you're trying to figure out how to you know do you want to have a career in social advocacy revolving around cannabis I could literally have a whole day of curriculum about that so um it, it comes down to that, you know, what do you want to eat? What do you want to learn? And from there, we, we uh, build your your day. So you get there on a Friday night and we feed you and uh, and then you wake up on Saturday and you sit through some classes. If you've decided you want to do some body work like yoga or Reiki, we have people who will come in and do that for uh, a little extra money, and then on Sunday morning you go back. So it's it's pretty packed. Uh, we've really only had weekends so far. So how many people, people want to can do- accommodate? I'm sorry, go
1: ahead. Oh, so sorry about that. How many people um, maximum can you accommodate in these groups? These weekend groups
2: about six people uh there's three rooms and um one of the rooms has two twin beds and the other two rooms uh are assuming you're going to share the bed and so it's in someone's house um and it's it's pretty cozy but it's it's really nice i mean it has that whole east coast aesthetic there's a wood burning stove the food's fantastic it's really quite gorgeous
1: Wow. That sounds really amazing. I mean, what a wonderful thing to get, you know, your friends together, especially for, I think women in in my age group in their fifties, they're really curious about this and what a safe place to go and learn about it and ask questions and not feel stupid because a lot of people I hear from is like, I don't, well, if they have a dispensary near them, I feel really intimidated. I don't want to go in there. The bartenders don't necessarily seem that knowledgeable or they don't know about my particular issue like like uh, cooking edibles let's say you go into a dispensary to buy you know um, a certain strain for an edible and then they're they're not sure you know how to cook it whatever it is so this sounds amazing but it looks like if you don't want to spend the night you also have a day pass
2: yeah well you know one of the other things we were thinking about when the dispensary started opening up well we have a really nice relationship with uh one of the head shops, I guess I don't know what you guys call it on the West Coast. And um once we're able to provide people nice discounts and stuff like that. And when we were setting those things up, they they took us aside and they said, you know, we just realized it's great that we have these shops, but you know, most of the hotels and and tourist locations in Williamstown, because it's it's a college town, um, aren't going to let you smoke and, or, or vape. I mean, you know, people can use the cartridges, but a lot of people actually are really more interested in cannabis flower. Mm -hmm. Where are they going to do it? We realized, oh, wow. You know, we could, we could have a a day pass and let people just come and sit and hang out for the curriculum rather than uh, spending the night or, or signing up for all the meals as well. So with the day pass, you're going to get lunch and uh, all the lessons that you want and be able to, to hang out on the grounds, which are so pretty.
1: Yeah, really pretty. Really, really pretty. So that's really amazing. Now, for our Massachusetts people, um, how much is that day pass? Because like, I would see that probably a lot more people would do the day pass if they lived in Massachusetts
2: or, or surrounding states. Uh, the day pass is going to be $250 for the day if that's for the day
1: and you get education, you get to smoke. I mean, that's really something you'd spend that much on skiing. If you went, you know, for the day of skiing and had to buy your pass and everything.
2: Yeah. You know, that's that, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and it's also interesting too because I think a lot of people are sort of intimidated by spending too much time with strangers. So I, I try to always be really aware of that.
1: Yeah, no doubt. So what is your clientele that you're you've been getting? Is it like novices? Is it younger people, older people, a mixture? I'm really curious, like who who have you been your clients so far?
2: Most of the people who come here are um older women. Mm-hmm. There's, we've had a couple people who are like uh, vets and stuff who are really interested in getting off the pain meds. Uh, Massachusetts has an enormous veteran community, um, but mostly it's it's older women and, um, you know, like you said, they're they're really not that pleased by what they're seeing in the dispensaries mm-hmm. they're not finding that the people are knowledgeable mm-hmm. enough they're certainly not seeing themselves represented when they go into shop um i i've seen that in all the dispensaries i've been in um colorado california the only time i've ever seen a woman actually at at the front was was in oregon i think Yeah, oregon, um, we have um, a lot of female in... bed tenders. we even have a female-owned
1: yeah. dispensary where it's mostly females that work there It's really nice. Yeah.
2: And that's, you know, that's, that's really different. Unfortunately, I don't think people really, um, there's so many things with the cannabis industry that, uh, you know, it is so new and it's, it's, it's something that people aren't really prepared for. Uh, I've warned so many of my friends in Portland, Maine, you have no idea what this is going to do to your economy and to the real estate but even in terms of semantics i'm i'm constantly surprised at at the decisions people make like you know medmen we're not that interested in the male plant why did they call it medmen like what is that trying to tell us right. here you know interesting things like that um and again i i think it's a great shop i was really excited to go and check it out but i was like well why did they call it that
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of that old paradigm still. That's you know, it was predominantly a male-dominated industry for a long time. Um, the women kind of stayed in the shadows a little bit, but now we have women like you who are coming forward um, with these incredible ideas. Um, and I'm really curious, like. How, what is your professional background? Like, how did you, I know that a lot of our listeners, it's like, how do I make the leap from what I'm doing now to something like what you're doing now? Like, how did your professional experience shape what you're doing right now or inspire you to do what you're doing right now or even support what you do right now?
2: Um, My educational background is... uh well, not, not even my educational background. I, I taught for about 20 years. I was a high school teacher. I taught junior high and I even taught uh, college. I taught computer science. And when I say computer science, it was really like multimedia. How can you get people to um, be more active than passive with the fact that computers were really quickly taking over everyone's world? Um, and and. My approach to cannabis is kind of the same. You know, it's like you can use it and you can say you like it or you can get a little bit more involved with the experience and try to learn about it and figure out how to make it help you or help other people. Um, I think one of my, my biggest concerns about the cannabis industry, and we were sort of talking about this before, is, yeah, big Budweiser might take it over and there still needs to be room for the little microbreweries but i don't want the stigma of cannabis to continue right. i don't want people to think that the people who use it are are lazy and aren't motivated and aren't curious because i just think it's a great tool i think it's it has the potential of being much more of a social equalizer than a lot of things that i've ever been exposed to and i'm really intrigued with how many different ideas really interesting people are coming up with to approach cannabis um you know and back to uh how did i make the leap i I put a lot of thought into how could i get involved in this without necessarily touching the plant because the difference on the east coast between the west coast is is really just money Mm -hmm. um you might be able to open a dispensary or get a license like that in certain states for a relatively decent amount of money but in Massachusetts or New York, it would just be much more money than I might even make in a year. And it's non-refundable. That's an application. It doesn't even know if you're going to be able to you know, get the dispensary license. And I didn't have that money and I didn't want to take that risk. And, and nor do I necessarily want to run a dispensary. And when I thought about what was missing in the world of cannabis, I thought, okay, a, a safe space that will educate people about how to use it and feel as if they have a right to use it because you can you can go almost anywhere in our culture and be offered alcohol but you're immediately thought to be a lesser human being if you prefer cannabis um and i'm not saying that my retreat alone will will change that perception but for everyone who has come and visited and not even consumed your typical THC cannabis, but say had one of our CBD uh, infused, we call them mocktails because there's no alcohol in them. I just love watching how people feel better, sleep better. Uh, I have a, a couple older friends who've had either neurological issues with eyesight. Um, and, and this woman was just really impressed that she really felt like her optical nerves were actually behaving better the following day. Um, and actually went and bought some CBD and still, still talks to me about it. Um, you know, months later, these are things that really surprised me. Yeah. These, I was really surprised.
1: Yeah. But it, it really, it must inspire you when you hear these stories that you're on the right path and you're really helping people. And, and even though, like you said, you know, you're small, you're, you're doing it, you know, in your own way, it's still, it's that ripple effect and you're affecting a lot of different people. Really amazing. Um, Business. I, I really love this. I wish we had this on the West Coast because even though, like you said, we maybe look at it differently, or we have more options to us. It's still people want that safe place. There's still tons of dispensaries. We don't have the problem that you have in Massachusetts, which is only two dispensaries. We have tons of dispensaries, but it's still the same issue in many of them that people don't feel safe going in or they feel, you know, intimidated. And then again, having that safe place to smoke where you could just go hang out and be educated at the same time because we're all learning, right? It's, it's a constantly moving target.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the inclusiveness is such a huge um, issue for me. I want to make sure that everyone feels like they, they can have a piece of this and it, it, they have the ability to learn more about it or find ways of feeling more comfortable with it. Um I love getting people to get more comfortable with vaporizers. Um I, I realize so many people love smoking cannabis, but uh so many of my older clients um smoking is no longer an option for them and it hasn't been for a really long time and even for cbd dominant cannabis strains i love being able to show them how to use a vaporizer and the look on their face when they go oh this tastes so different um you know simple things like that and and when they realize oh that their lungs don't hurt as much um or even showing them some of these machines and how to make their own edibles um Uh, so many of my older clients have, have, uh, dietary issues too. And, and the problem that they find with edibles when they travel is that they can't or don't want to consume that much sugar. And so many of these things are so sweet that, um, they can't eat them. And, you know, I used to do a lot of work for a, a friend who delivered cannabis to people with cancer and HIV. And, none of these people could metabolize sweet things because they were usually, you know, feeling quite sick to their stomach. Um, and I learned from, from these people how to make edibles that are pretty much vegan. Um, and it was so much easier for them to eat on an empty stomach if they were suffering with something like wasting syndrome. And I I still think about that with how I teach people how to make things because, um, you don't you don't need as much sugar as as these packaged edibles and I love them. Oh my god, if I could eat caramel all day I would, but my body can't metabolize it anymore. And and certainly for pain management, yeah, I don't It's not healthy. It's not healthy, but, you know, gosh, if they're dealing with anxiety, the sugar's not going to no, help.
1: No, and also with cancer, you don't want to be putting something inflammatory into your body, which sugar is inflammatory. So there's that part of it, too. Well, what is your, I mean, not, I'm a foodie, so now I'm like, okay, what vegan thing did you make for these people? What was your, what was like your number one vegan kind of low sugar um, edible that you
2: and nothing. I mean, nothing even yummy. I just make uh, coconut-based capsules in vegan. Um, yeah, and 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 they're non-gelatin, so they're they're vegan. But like you know, those those empty capsules, and I, I show them how to make them themselves. Because you know, the other thing I've noticed too is how expensive some of these things are. So if if I'm getting a group of women together and saying, well, okay, pull your resources, buy a couple ounces, use this machine, and then you guys can all have these great pills for about four months. That's that's another thing they're excited about.
1: Because, well, also, if you're using it for a certain management, be it pain management or emotional management, whatever it is, it gets very expensive um, when you have to go to the dispensary and buy something, you know, to keep your... Yeah, absolutely! So, wow, what a wonderful service you are! Just amazing. I'm, I'm so impressed with this, and so impressed with everything you're sharing. And I, I do want to. I know we're kind of coming short on time, but I do want to share. Um, and maybe you can uh, say the link. I don't know exactly where it is, but you have this amazing YouTube video that's about the endocannabinoid system, and it's really informative. You, you cover everything: the entourage effect, and CBD, and THC, and Um, just
2: everything.
1: And it's only nine minutes long, I think, isn't it? The YouTube that you have?
2: Boy, nine minutes of my life. Yeah, I think it's about eight minutes. Uh, Thank you. Something like that. I don't know. Um, I, you know, you know what the probably the best thing I I can do, and this is the, the funny thing with websites is that I will email them to you. And then I guess if you could provide them at the bottom of your podcast, that would probably be the best. If, if
1: any of you out there who are listening are just really interested in just kind of like cannabis in a nutshell and how it affects your body and what it is and what all these terms mean, this is a great place. What I loved most about it is when you're listening to it, a lot of this information you get piecemeal, you get it in an article, one of these topics, and then another topic, and then it's putting it together yourself. Whereas you've taken just pretty much an overview of the cannabis, you know, um, how, how cannabis affects your body. And then put it in this beautiful, you could tell your teacher. It's all very simple, very clear. You don't, you know, talk over anybody's head. And it's like you said, eight minutes long. I mean, it's such a great investment of your time and so informative. I loved it. I thought, wow, what you're doing is such a great service. I'm always interested in resources because like I said, there's so much out there, but it's all piecemeal. And this was a really nice compact way to learn a lot about the questions that you have about cannabis.
2: Thank you so much. Um, one of the things I really wanted to do with that was uh, find the best books, really toot the horns of the authors that I found um, who who I got these incredible quotes from, um, but also try to put in a couple of visuals to help people really um, metabolize and remember some of these concepts because they're big words, right? Like how do you differentiate? Um, so thank you so much for that. Yeah. We, we put, we put a lot of effort into trying to make that as clear as possible. I will, uh, I'll put a link to our Facebook page as well in case people want to, um, join up because I always post new videos and things there. And if anyone has any concepts that you want me to tackle, please let me know because I'm going to do that. And I'm also, um, Absolutely obsessed with a hair company I found in California, and I'm going to do a little little video about how much I love them, too. What's the hair company? Um, I think they're called Emera, uh, E-M-E-R-A. They're in California. I have psoriasis. Psoriasis on your scalp? Yeah, um, it's a scalp treatment. It's a CBD scalp treatment. I have psoriasis so bad, and it's, you know, it's that easy... <laughs> Well, I had, I had really long hair for a long time and it just got to the point where I, I just, I couldn't handle it. It hurt and it was unsightly. And so I cut my hair pretty short, but I still get these patches and, um... It's the first CBD hair treatment I've found that I really think is worth it. And I'm kind of in love with them. I have to say. Well, that's really great. I love that we're all sharing resources all the time.
1: And so that would be fantastic if you could send us a link to your Facebook. And if you are touting that, I mean, I know that I'm going to be going on it right after this interview and looking it up because I think that's fantastic. Jessamine, thank you so much for your time. It has been such a pleasure. And thank you so much for what you're doing for helping educate all of us. Um, Even me, I've been in the industry a while and it's still, it's what I saw in your YouTube video. It was like, wow, all right, I love that. So thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking time to be with us. Absolutely. Hey, thanks so much for your time. Have a great night.
0: You too. Thanks for listening to Your Highness Podcast. If you would like to be featured in a future episode or would like to inquire about possible sponsorship, email your podcast at gmail.com. That's Your Highness Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Highness Podcast. That's at Highness Podcast. Thanks again.